Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Today's message I'm titling, Let's Get Out of Here. Not right now, like we'll stay here for the message, but the title of the message is, Let's Get Out of Here. Why do we leave? Why do we want to leave? Why, why do we have this drive to just want to run away? I don't know if you have that. I'm pretty sure you've had that at some point in your life, just this desire to just get out of here and just get away. We all have that part in us. And at some point in life, either we said out loud or to ourselves, I just want to get out of here. I just want to get out of here. And that urge to leave, to disconnect, to disappear, to go to a faraway land, sometimes looks like a desirable fantasy. Now, it's true that the vast majority of us, we don't actually do it. We feel like it, we might talk about it, but we don't actually do it. Many times because it would be cowardly. We don't, just, don't want to just run away or it would be irresponsible. You have responsibilities. It might be cruel to your family. Which reminds me of an Elvis song. Don't be cruel. <laughs> or maybe you just don't have the resources to do it. If you had the resources, you would. But you don't have the resources, so you got to stay put. But while we stay put, many times we fantasize about it. And we can't really leave physically, so we do the next best thing. We leave mentally. We leave emotionally. We leave in values. We leave in direction. We say to ourselves, I can't think like these people. I can't see the world like these people see the world. I don't want to be accountable to them. Look at their life. And we live in this tension. And even, even if you've had a great life thus far, and you appre appreciate what you have, you, you appreciate your parents and your childhood and your education, you appreciate your life right now. From time to time, we all have this urge, this wondering to just be elsewhere. Either physically or mentally, we want to be, we want to go somewhere far away. And how many times do we create these mental barriers to ourselves where we convince ourselves that the solution is to get away the solution is to think differently the solution is to depart from wherever you are right now and be elsewhere why do we do that why do we do that we're taking the month of february to explore this story of jesus and it addresses multiple areas of our lives. But this beginning, the beginning of the story that we're focusing on today, makes a profound connection with this part of us. And I believe that's why Jesus shared. Because in all of us, there's this desire to disconnect and to just leave it all. Let's go to the scripture, Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 19. Jesus is sharing the story and it says, And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them, meaning the less mature, said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. And he, the father, divided his property between them, between the three of them. 
And many days later, now many days later, not many days later, sorry, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Another translation says in, in, in prodigal living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hired servants. Another translation says, make me one of your servants. This story is a wake-up call to all of us. Because many of us dream of elsewhere. We are at home dreaming of another home. We are in our city dreaming of being in another city. We are at work thinking about how we could get another job and getting another work. We were doing this... uh, street interview uh, for our, our Christmas and New Year services and Austin and, and, and Evan were stopping people and when it came to their New Year resolution uh, I think 90% of them said a new job I just want to be somewhere else in my job and maybe you know we all have this other place that we want to be and maybe even hopefully you're not out with your boyfriend thinking of another boyfriend or out with your husband thinking of another husband but you might be thinking why can't he just be like this other guy why can't he just be more like this man or maybe you're out with your wife and you will never say this but you can think why can't she just be like this other lady you know looking to die (laughs) words that are never said but at times they're a thought because you hear a story you watch a movie by the way movies are fake did you know that (laughs) it's not real have a chance to observe somebody else and desire to be someone else. This parable is a tale of a son who decided that he was done. He was done with his life. So he took matters in his own hands. He goes to his father and he says, when you die, I'm going to receive a bunch of stuff, right? And the father said, yes, well, I want it now. Get all the state evaluated. Get everything gathered. Gather all the goods and give me what's meant to be mine when you die. This is terribly offensive and dismissive to the father because the younger son was basically saying, Dad, let's pretend that you're dead. 
Let's pretend that I don't want to wait until you die. Let's pretend you're dead right now and let's do this. But beyond that, beyond that, it was the assumption that I can do better than my father with what he has. I can do better than this. I can live, I can live better than this. Now, you may have an area in your life right now when you're dealing with these anxieties, you're dealing with, with this tension, and you might be frustrated and dissatisfied because your present circumstance does not meet your high expectations. You have high expectations for yourself, for your life, and your present circumstance just doesn't come up to it. You want more. Or maybe you want something else entirely. I want to challenge you with a question today. What is it that is actually frustrating you? What is it that is actually bugging you? What kind of arrangement, what kind of restriction, what kind of disadvantage is upsetting you? What's bugging you? Because we learn from Jesus' teaching that this young son, he wanted a life without the boundaries and without the limitations of his father's domain. He wanted a life with the resources of the father, but without the father. He wanted a life with the goods, but no responsibility. He wanted a life that is convenient and as easy as it possibly he could make it. So he makes a demand. I want what is coming to me, and I want it now. It's not mine yet. It's yours, but I want what's coming to me. I didn't work for it, but I want what's rightfully mine when you die. And he gets it. Jesus is basically painting a picture, painting a picture, telling us, what, what if it happened? And what is the first thing that he does when he gets it? gets out of town not many days later the, the scripture says Jesus shares in the story the younger son gathered all that he had and he took a journey I am out of here I don't want to see these people anymore I don't want to deal with these problems anymore I am out of here what is bugging you today what's bringing you to the edge of this tension and if it were you in the younger son's shoes today, what would you do? Where would you go? Where would you go? See, I need to make a distinction here. There's a difference that needs to be highlighted before we continue because there's a difference be between wanting to move forward wanting to further your family's legacy, wanting to further your family's name, not wanting to be limited by the curses and the limitations of your family, taking the limits off of what's typically expected of someone like you with your life, with your background, just taking those limits off and breaking through those glass ceilings. There's a difference between that and just running away and getting the heck out of here. There is a difference between being called out like Abraham was and running away like Jonah did. There's a difference. There's a difference between running towards something great God is calling you to do and just wanting to disappear. It's the difference between wanting to be there 
and just not wanting to be here. There's a difference. And the truth is that most times, we want both. If I were to ask every single one of you here, do you want to step into the next thing that God has for you? You would say a resounding? Yes, of course you're here. You're watching. Of course you want that. But there is this difference, and, and sometimes we deal with both. So where would you go if you were in his shoes? Or better yet, why would you go? The reality is that this ancient story that Jesus shared about 2,000 years ago is still true in our lives today. We still think that the solution to our problems is to get all the stuff. We want all of it. We want all the stuff. We still think that the best thing that can happen to us today is to receive everything that is coming to us. Could, everything that we could possibly accumulate in our lifetime is to be able to have access to it all today. Don't we dream of it? Wouldn't that be nice? Think about it. Think, imagine that, that you could press a button and in an instant, every inheritance that is coming to you. Every salary that you will ever earn, everything that you will ever do to earn a living, every, every monetary benefit that you could earn in a lifetime, if you made every decision right, would be credited to your bank account just by the press of the button. Imagine if that would happen. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the dream? Having every decision about acquiring wealth resolved, every financial concern resolved, every worry about material things resolved. But the point of the story is, then what? What then? What's next? What would you do next? And I think this is what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. There's something else driving our motivation and it's not really about what we're doing it's about what we're what's driving us what's driving our focus because if you focus on filling yourself with things the wrong things it will still leave you empty that's what happened to this man so you can spend a lifetime gathering spend a lifetime acquiring going after it right we all want to go after it but then what? So you built the company. Then what? You had a successful career. Then what? You made all the money. Then what? You grew the organization or you grew the ministry. You grew the nonprofit. Then what? There's this other passage that Jesus shared with his disciples. It's in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. He told him another parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. There's always something else, isn't there? See, the, the funny thing about this, this, this parable is that the man thought that once he built the bigger barns, he, he would settle. No, he wouldn't. 
No, there's always something else for you to do. There's always somewhere else for you to be. There's always another beast to feed. As you get to the next step, there's, there's something else. You can always say, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this condition. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want to grow more. I want to do more. I want more. Now, have you considered that your problem might not be what you think you lack, but that the problem is that you are hungry for the wrong things. Therefore, you're never satisfied. And that's an easy way to assess it. If you want to know if that's the problem, here's a question. Have you ever been satisfied? When was the last time that you felt in your soul, in your spirit, just this deep sense of satisfaction? Have you ever had a season in your life when you felt like your soul was satisfied? If this happens when we are hungry for the wrong things, we're never satisfied. We never arrive. We are never good enough. We are never where we should be. We always have somewhere else we want to be. We're never good enough. There's this insatiable hunger. No matter how much we acquire, no matter how much we are able to achieve, it's never enough. Let me encourage you today. If that's you, you need to stop. You need to press pause. You need to stop and press pause and consider what are you actually hungry for? Because you will get to the end of your life in this search and you will still be empty looking for somewhere else to be. You're hungry for the wrong things. Let me encourage you to seek and hunger for the things of God. For what He has for you. Hunger for His love. Hunger for His righteousness. Hunger for justice. Hunger for truth. Because this is his promise. Psalm 107.9 says, He satisfies, he satisfies the, the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. He is the one who satisfies. It doesn't mean you're not driven. It doesn't mean you're, you're not an achiever. It means you're full. It means that because you're full and satisfied, you don't make decisions from your cravings, based on your cravings. You make decisions based on your purpose. Based on the call of God. Based on what you're meant to do in life. And I have a lesson for you that I've learned in my life, that it might change your life. It might help you be healthier. And if you've started the year thinking, I'm going to be healthier, this simple lesson will help you. And here it is. Never go to the grocery store hungry. <laughs> Never do it. It's a mistake. Have you ever noticed the difference? I don't know if you ever thought about it, but the things I buy at the grocery store when I'm hungry, phew, boy, Alini already knows. I do the groceries uh, at our house. I like it. And uh, uh, most times I, I'm there by myself and if I go to the grocery store hungry the few times now because I've learned the lesson that I happen to go to the grocery store hungry I come home with cake 
ice cream, cookies, all the bread, all the bread, croissant, English muffin, sourdough, braided challah, all the, there's not a single carrot in my cart. Spinach? No way. However, I've learned my lesson. And when I usually go to the store, the grocery store, try not to be hungry. I'll eat before I go. I'll eat before I go because when I go satisfied, I read labels. <laughs> I'm looking at sodium content. Like, this is too, it's not good for my heart. The, 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 the cart is colorful with greens and fruits. And <laughs> it's beautiful. I say no to things because I'm satisfied. See, I make decisions in the right mind, and the same is true in every area of our lives. When you're not satisfied, you will, you will just be led by your cravings. You'll be led by your cravings. And there's very little difference. When we don't use our wisdom, when we are led by our cravings, there's very little difference between us and a beast. Really. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 21 through 23 say this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? And here is a piece of wisdom that can guide you for the rest of your life. Verse 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful. And it's in quotations because this was a saying in those days for Christians. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. See, when we are far from God we are, we, and we just want to run away, our judgment gets cloudy. We don't think straight. And we fall to discern, we fail to discern the source of the things we're feeding on. We can't discern because we're, we're hungry. We're not satisfied. We're far from God. We can't judge right. And we can be partaking from the table of the enemy, as the, the scripture says, and thinking that we're doing the right thing, thinking that we're doing something godly. It happens all the time. That's why Paul was telling the church, hey, don't do that. See, I'll tell you how it happens. It happens like this. We can choose greed and say, it's okay. Because it's for my family. My intentions are good. We can choose deceit to lie. And we can say, it's okay. I'm trying to spare their feelings. Okay? I'm trying to save them from sorrow. So I'm going to make up another story. And I'll be good in doing that. We, we choose neglect. Sometimes we even neglect being God's presence for something else. And you can say, it's okay. I'm developing my skill. And in the process, we don't realize that we're, we're choosing the counterfeit. We're choosing from the enemy's table because the enemy is not going to come to you and say, hey, 
I'm a demon. Follow me. It doesn't happen like that. Right? He's going to present something that it kind of looks like it. The devil is never going to show you a, a, a $3 bill. Right? You, you're going to know it's fake. He presents something that looks like the real thing. But it's not what God has to offer. Do you think that Almighty God, who called you, would call you to something that would leave you empty? That would leave you dissatisfied? That would leave you depleted and hungry? Do you think that Almighty God would lead you to a life that would diminish and destroy the peace that He has for you, the love that He has for you, the presence that He wants to share with you, that He would leave you less satisfied? No, that's the enemy's table. That's the enemy's table luring you into waste what God has invested into your life, just like the prodigal son. Just waste it all with prodigal living. God satisfies you so that you can be hungry for the right things. It satisfies your, th your soul so that you can seek the right things. Don't let the enemy cloud your judgment and have you squander what God has invested in you, what He has already given you. And maybe you're here today, and you might be on the other side of this. I mean, you left, right? You got out of here. And you went out. Either in your mind or in your soul and your thinking. And you did your thing and you left. Either physically or mentally, you left. You lived your prodigal life and you spent your resources without any restraint. You lived it up, man. And in the beginning, it was like the young man. It was cool. You kind of liked it. You had it going on. And you're like, yeah. I'm, and this is working for me. And then it quickly turned into hell. Hell on earth. And you wondered, how could a good God allow me to go through such pain? How could a good God not warn me? See, we're going to explore more of this idea next Sunday. That's the next part of the story. But for today, let me just say this. Sometimes we're so into ourselves that we need to be broken. Sometimes we need to be emptied. Sometimes we need to lose it all. Because as long as we have the stuff, all of that is masking. All of that is producing noise against the, the, the loud truth that we, apart from our Father, have a miserable existence. We are helpless. We are empty. And we are, when we are so full of ourselves and apart from our Father. Our hunger for this stuff keeps us from realizing that our one true need is to be in the Father's presence. Is to be with the Father. Now, there's a lot more for us to cover from this story, and we have three more weekends where we're going to explore this. But I believe Jesus, at the very beginning of the story, He's trying to save us from the pain and suffering of hell on earth. 
This is a story that is, like I said in the beginning, it's a wake-up call. It's like, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't just go away. Let's don't get out of here. That should be the title of the message. Don't do it. Think about what you're, hung, what you're actually hungry for. What is actually bugging you? What's actually bothering you? And that's what I want for you today. What Jesus is proposing in this parable to save us, to save us from the pain and the anguish of hell on earth. And my desire is you may, is that you may hunger for the right thing. That you may come into His presence and hunger for the right things. That you may be saved from the pain and the sorrow of a life apart from the Father. If all you want is to run away today, let me, let me ask you, don't. Don't. If all you want is to press that button so that you can get all the stuff, and you're giving your life to it, and you're giving your life to it, and it, you, you, your hunger is insatiable. You've never felt satisfied. Just wake up today to the reality that you might be like the younger son. That you might be in a position where you don't realize what you have because you're hungry for the wrong things. Something has to happen on the inside. There is a healing that needs to happen on the inside. So listen to Jesus' words. Because all we really need today is to be with our Heavenly Father. Everything we need is in Him. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information on Connect Community, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.